cause in your warmth, I forget how cold it can be. It starts small. An ever so slight lean into Gallo's side when they're standing next to each other, looking at the chore assignments for the week in the burning rescue headquarters. The barest brush of cold fingertips against a bright orange jacket hem. Sitting a little closer than usual on the couch in the rec room. Resting on Gallo's back a little more than necessary when Gallo gives him a ride on the back of his motorcycle after work. It's not very noticeable, really, to anyone but Lyo. Gallo certainly doesn't seem to notice a difference, or if he does, he doesn't say anything. But Lyo. Lyo has come to a few realizations since the departure of the pro mayor. Leather is not as warm as it was when you had millions of fire-based dimensional aliens inside your body. Getting into the habit of blowing on a hot drink before sampling it is much harder than one would expect, he has the burn taste buds to prove it. Real motorcycles are not nearly as powerful, or stylish, as burnish flame ones. Getting stuck in city traffic sucks, and you can't propel yourself hundreds of feet into the air with flames in order to pass it by. And some people, blast them, are lucky enough to run unusually warm, regardless of the weather, without the help of the aforementioned aliens. As much as Lyo teases Gallo for constantly bringing up his burning firefighter soul, he's starting to wonder if perhaps there's some truth to the claim. To Lyo's great chagrin, Gallo is almost perpetually hot. Not hot in the physical sense, though his penchant for shirtlessness and intense workout routine permits the definition of the word to be applicable as well. But Gallo's physical appearance isn't what occupies Lyo's thoughts most of the time. It's the fact that while Lyo is constantly covered in goosebumps and ice-cold fingers and toes, gravitating to the nearest heat source and burying himself in the warmest of sweaters, Gallo is radiating like a furnace at every moment of the day to the point where when he stands within a foot of Lyo, Lyo has to fight the urge to drape himself against him. That might not be solely due to Gallo's body temperature, but that's beside the point. Lyo is always freezing. Gallo is always warm. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the rest. Gallo has a problem. Well, if he's being technical about it, Gallo has a lot of problems. Rebuilding an entire city and reintegrating a three-decade-long persecuted group of people into society probably could be considered a problem to most people. Finding housing, supplies, and medical care for hundreds of displaced people also isn't the easiest thing to tackle. Big problems like that, though, Gallo can deal with. He knows how to handle them. His tenacity, pig-headedness, Remy would usually insert here, has often aided him in finding solutions to seemingly impossible setbacks more times than he cares to count. He saved the world when everyone said it was impossible, didn't he? Although, he had some help with it all. Gallo's always had help. But see, that's the root of the problem. Gallo likes to be helped, and he likes to help people. It's his job. Yet in all the troubles he's ever had to face, and all the people he's ever tried to help, none of them have ever made it as hard for him as one Lyophosia. Don't forget to eat. Wear a helmet when you take the bike out. Get some sleep. No, seriously Lyo, put the paperwork away and go to bed. Since the pro-mayor left, Gallo has found himself more often than not trailing Lyo around the burning rescue headquarters like a puppy, ensuring the ex-Burnish is properly taking care of himself in ways that seem basic to Gallo, but are apparently impossible to remember for Lyo. It's absurd that someone as rash as Gallo has found someone even more self-sacrificing and reckless than himself. It's frustrating, and annoying, and pretty stupid, and also feeds Gallo's hero complex like nothing else. Gallo once said he would save Lyophosia when they were surrounded by ash and smoke and rubble. He isn't stopping now. Hey. Lyo doesn't look up from the tablet he's carefully typing into. 
Gallo huffs and flicks a wrinkled up napkin in his direction. It might be from the McDonald's Varys brought for lunch three days ago. He's not too sure. It misses by several inches, sailing somewhere over Lyo's shoulder. Lyo. Hey. This time he gets a brief, unamused glance. Lyo. Another napkin. This one successfully nails Lyo on his delicately upturned nose. What? I'm hungry. Let's go grab dinner or something. I'm busy. Lyo drops his gaze back down to the tablet, a furrow between his brows. Gallo waits a moment, eyeing the clock on the wall and the paperwork Lyo bends over. When Lyo doesn't make a move to get up, Gallo gives a loud, obnoxious groan. It lasts a good few seconds longer than necessary. Lyo sets his tablet down and rubs at the bridge of his nose. Gallo resorts to drumming the table with his gloved hands as loudly as possible. After about a minute of this, Lyo slams his palm on the table and glares at Gallo. Gallo never really mastered the whole innocent smile thing. He just goes for a wide grin. It broadens when Lyo sighs and stands from the table. Very well. With a happy whoop, Gallo scrambles to go find his bike keys, you didn't have them when you asked me to come, you idiot. By the time he finds them, Lyo is standing at the door, hands shoved into a borrowed leather jacket, possibly Ana's. does Lyo ever wear anything but leather? And leaning against the door with a bored expression. Got him. Lyo pushes off the wall and walks out the door, but not before Gallo catches the hint of a smile at the corner of his mouth. Hurry up, he calls over his shoulder. Gallo takes two large strides and falls into step beside him. So I was thinking we could maybe go get pizza, since Chief is back now and reopening and probably needs the customers, but if you're tired of pizza maybe we could. Gallo chatters away, mainly on autopilot, as they approach his motorcycle. He stops abruptly, trying to remember if he brought his spare helmet, and lets out a grunt as Lyo bumps into his shoulder. He was walking closer than Gallo had realized. Ah. Sorry. It's fine. His helmet is hanging off the handlebars, something Aina gets onto him about with increasing exasperation, so he darts over to check the compartment in the back. It's empty. Gallo turns around, rubbing the back of his neck. So, the bad news is I left my spare helmet, so we probably can't go too far. I don't mind riding without a helmet, Lyo interjects, but bites down on his bottom lip at the scandalized look Gallo gives him. I'm a rescue team member, Gallo barks. He rips his helmet off the handlebars and marches over to where Lyo stands, arms crossed, probably to guard himself from the gust of wind that bustles both their hair into their faces. Gallo shoves his helmet onto the shorter man's head with little preamble. You can't ask me to let someone ride around without a helmet. Safety first, Lyo, jeez. He ignores Lyo's indignant spluttering and snorts instead at how the helmet has covered the entirety of the top of Lyo's face, covering his eyes. His blonde bangs hang over his cheeks and nose. It's kinda cute. Gallo lets Lyo figure out the helmet as he straddles his bike and lets it roar. When he glances around, Lyo has adjusted the helmet properly. His lower lip juts out in what if Gallo didn't know better might be considered a pout. We'll just go check out the food trucks like five blocks down, okay? I'd say we could walk but it's kinda cold. That it is. Winter is falling over Prompolis, and while after the Great World Burn snow has been rare, these days more of the icy precipitation has been spotted all over and Gallo figured it was a matter of time before it showed up here. Lyo huffs at him and swings a leg over the motorcycle, settling behind Gallo. His weight presses into Gallo's spine, and Gallo's muscles clench in anticipation as Lyo's arms wrap around his waist. All right, Lyo hums, and Gallo kicks off. 
the ride is brief, the wind biting into Gallo's face like sharp little needles. When he pulls into the little parking lot of one of the large office buildings still standing in the center of the city, he lets himself shiver once before turning the motorcycle off. He kicks out the stand to park his bike and makes to get up, when he realizes Lyo's arms are still wrapped around him. Ah, Lyo. We're here. There's a quiet sigh behind him and the arms tighten for a moment before letting go. Gallo feels himself flush a bit, why? And it takes him a moment to pull himself together enough to get off the bike. Lyo has already slid off and is pulling off the helmet, shaking his hair out. Gallo looks at him, eyes wide. So which one are we going to? Lyo asks, running a hand through his bangs. It takes Gallo a moment to realize he's being addressed. Oh, ah, uh, whichever one you want really. There's a lot of options, I might go for some stir-fry. Lyo eyes the food trucks lining the parking lot with a piercing gaze. He seems vaguely calculating in the way Gallo remembers him being during their first meeting, their fight at the top of that Foresight Foundation building. He wonders if Lyo has ever gotten food from a food truck before. Maybe he hasn't. Gallo might be introducing him to a first here. Somehow the idea sits well with him. Are we going? Lyo turns to look at him. Gallo blinks. Oh, yeah. Let's go. They wander the lot for a moment, stopping occasionally when a food truck catches Lyo's eye. He looks intrigued by the grilled cheese truck, and raises an eyebrow at the cupcake truck. Eventually they both pause at the stir-fry truck, which has several people waiting in line already. Gonna get this too? Gallo glances at Lyo, who once again has his arms wrapped around himself against the cold. Lyo nods. They settle into the line and Gallo debates which menu item he's craving today. As he flips between noodles and fried rice, he feels something push against his side and he glances down. Lyo is pressing into him slightly, mouth downed and shoulders drawn up towards his ears. As Gallo watches, he trembles, jaw tight, and that's when Gallo's mouth drops open in realization. Now that Gallo stops to think about it, it makes sense that in the newly intensified winter weather, Lyo would be more affected than most. The Burnish haven't had to deal with cold unless it involved freeze tech, something that, Gallo thinks with a twinge of guilt, they probably don't want to relive again. Regular winter cold is already unfamiliar to them. Without a word, Gallo unzips his jacket and draws it around Lyo, pulling him into his chest. This close, Gallo can feel how cold his nose and cheeks really are, and his guilt intensifies for not having noticed before. No wonder Lyo had been so close before. Lyo is stiff against him for a moment before he relaxes entirely into Gallo's side like melting butter. Thank you, Lyo mumbles against Gallo's chest. His arms wrap around Gallo again, like on the bike. Gallo nods, pointedly looking at the menu again when he feels his cheeks burn. For Lyo, the moment with the food truck solidify a notion, Gallo is always touching him. Years of being reverently regarded from a distance by other people, one of the quiet difficulties of being the leader of a troubled people, and all that detachment is thrown entirely out a window by a blue-haired moron with big, feely hands and an even bigger heart. Already, Lyo can't go two feet through Burning Rescue's HQ without having his hair ruffled or his pack patted or his elbow grabbed because Lyo take a break from paperwork and come look at the upgrades Lucia made to the motto. Every point of contact breaks into Lyo's skin like an itch, a burn, and Lyo is no fool. He knows what the flutter of his heart has meant since he first gained consciousness with a gloved hand in his hair and a pair of not quite soft lips on his. Gallo is always touching him, which means it must mean less to him, which makes sense, Gallo didn't exactly spend years isolated from his peers by hierarchy and discrimination. 
he's seen how casual burning rescue is with each other. And if Gallo is always touching him, then Logic says he wouldn't mind if Lyo touched him back, right? So Lyo starts. For real this time. None of the subtle and subconscious contact Lyo had been quietly seeking as temperatures dropped and Gallo's warmth became more and more tantalizing. The next time Gallo sidles into the kitchen in the early morning, biting back a loud yawn and brushing a hand past the small of Lyo's back as he crosses behind him to get to the refrigerator, Lyo succumbs to temptation and leans into it. The heat of Gallo's sleep-warm body is a pleasant relief to the empty coolness of the morning. He feels more than sees Gallo stiffen for a moment, as if just then realizing that he reached out to touch Lyo on his way to pull milk out of the fridge. There's no point in apologizing, Lyo's movement led to Gallo's entire arm practically sliding around him, and the kitchen was small enough that there really wasn't many places to go. Lyo was clearly welcoming the contact, pursuing it, even, and he knew Gallo wasn't so stupid as to not see that. Carefully trying not to move the arm pressing against Lyo, like one would try not to spook an animal, Gallo yanks open the fridge and tugs out the milk carton. He turns to the counter only to have Lyo slide him a bowl and the box of cereal. Lyo takes a sip of his coffee as Gallo pours his cereal one-handed. Lyo leans against his arm with quiet calmness. Neither of them acknowledges it for the rest of the day. But there it is. Lyo has his proof. He can enjoy Gallo's contact and Gallo doesn't mind. He does it again. One particularly chilly evening, a couple of the team members are hanging out in the rec room, playing a video game that involves motorized vehicles on a racetrack and lots of sabotage. Maze and Guerra have even joined in. Like Lyo, they're also slightly more bundled up than the others, but unlike Lyo, they're pressed against each other, sharing each other's warmth. Lyo is tired of trying to get anything done in the cold spare office they've taken over, so he marches with his tablet in hand and plops himself on the couch next to Gallo. Gallo plays with his whole body, leaning into turns and lifting his arms when he wants to jump like it'll make his little pixelated character go higher. It's wildly uncomfortable and probably a great way for Lyo to get smacked in the face, honestly. Lyo doesn't move anyways. You realize you aren't going to go any faster by moving your arms, right? Lyo mumbles around the third time Gallo's elbow nearly knocks him in the nose. It's also the third time Lyo has tried leaning against Gallo only to have to duck away at the last second to avoid a split lip. He thinks his comment is lost to the noise of the crowd, or at the very least, Aina cursing out Lucia for using what looks like a giant smiling banana peel, but to his surprise Gallo shushes him, lifts his hand off the controller and wraps his arm around Lyo, tugging him into his side. His hand goes right back to the controller, but this time with Lyo tucked into him. There's probably more of a risk of getting smacked in the face with the controller like this. But Gallo is also soft, and so incredibly warm, and he grumbles down at Lyo for making fun of his playing, and he seems to know what Lyo is asking by leaning against him without Lyo having to say it. So Lyo stays like that. Lucia wins, and Lyo doesn't get more work done, but he supposes it's okay to take a break every once in a while. Two days later, Lyo sits between Gallo's legs when Ignis is giving a report on rebuilding efforts. It's honestly more power to him that he doesn't blush at the feeling of Gallo's very large, very muscular thighs on either side of his head, but that's probably because he's distracted by the feeling of Gallo's chin resting on the top of his hair. A week after that, the sky is grey and moody, and Lyo feels that way too, so he hugs Gallo from behind and breathes in his smoke and cinnamon scent and lets his warmth melt him from the inside out. It's more intimate than he's allowed himself to be in years, somehow it doesn't surprise him that Gallo is the one to thaw him this way. It continues like this. If Lyo were anyone else, 
he might be embarrassed by how easily he falls into the habit of touching Gallo, but he wasn't leader of the Mad Burnish for nothing. And if Gallo were anyone else, Lyo might have had trouble getting used to the contact, but Gallo is nothing if not headstrong, and Lyo craves the contact more than he knew. One day, Gallo has to take an emergency call across the city while Lyo stays behind and meets with ex-Burnish to discuss workplace hiring discrimination. It's a painful and frustrating job that Lyo knows he has to do, but every time he looks at exhausted faces and prosthetic limbs from Craze Engine, he's filled with the urge to burn something, anything, to the ground. Old habits are hard to break, he guesses. By the time he's met with the last person, it's getting dark out and the temperature has dropped to temperatures that, had he been at home, would have him burrowed under four blankets in front of a space heater. If Gallo were here. He stops the thought in his tracks, tempted to frown at himself but aware there's no point in doing so. Gallo isn't here. And he's a grown man, he doesn't need Gallo around in order to take care of himself. Throwing himself on the couch, he reminds himself, he's perfectly capable of. Smoke and cinnamon. He stops, turning to stare at the red and yellow hoodie draped over the back of the couch. It's familiar in a way he wishes it wouldn't be, but he's also not foolish enough to ignore, and it makes him sigh. A minute passes as he huddles into the arm of the sofa and counts down how long it'll take him to give in. When Gallo gets back twelve minutes later, he pauses at the door of the rec room. Lyo's eyes are nearly shut, sleep threatening to overcome him, but he still sees the pink flush over Gallo's high cheekbones and browned skin, and the sight of it sends a pleased flutter through him. Hello, he mumbles. Gallo lifts a hand to the back of his neck. Hi, says Gallo. Lyo watches through half-slitted eyes as he shuffles over and sits at the end of the couch, near his feet. Did ya get cold again? It takes Lyo a moment to realize Gallo is referring to the fact that he's wearing his jacket. He refuses to let himself be embarrassed about it. It's not like Gallo, the shirtless wonder, ever used it. I'm always cold, he mumbles instead. It's the first time he's said it out loud. Gallo doesn't respond at first. That's okay, he says after a moment. You've got my burning soul to keep you warm. Lyo snorts. With a quiet grunt, he lifts himself up and turns himself on the couch so his head is now near Gallo's lap. He drops into it with a soft sigh. Gallo's hand hovers over him, uncertain, before lowering gingerly to rest on his hair. Yes. I do. Aina has to pinch Gallo seven times to get his attention, which is four times more than the last record. At the loud hiss of his name, Gallo tears his eyes away from slender arms tying short blonde hair into a tiny knob at the nape of a long, pale neck. Huh? He says loudly, stupidly, and Dana sighs. I swear to God, Gallo. She rolls her eyes so hard the ponytail at the side of her head flips with the movement. Could you cut the pining for one second so I can ask you about training schedules? Yeah, Gallo says, then blinks as her words process in his head. Wait, what? The look Aina gives him is so unimpressed, Gallo feels himself shrink a bit. His attention is pulled away when across the room, Lyo lets out a laugh at something Guerra said. Isn't that my shirt? Gallo thinks. He looks so happy, and immediately is drawn out of the wistful thought by a flick to his forehead. Jesus fuck, Gallo. The thought that Aina really needs to stop using religious terms with such crude abandon passes through Gallo's head. Are you really that far gone? Far gone where? Don't bother, Remy says, sliding into the chair next to them at the rec kitchen counter. He hasn't figured it out yet. Figured what out? That's what makes it worse, Aina mumbles. Makes what worse? Guys. Lucia pokes her head out from under the sink. 
no one seems to be the least bit surprised by this. Oh are we making fun of Gallo for being, she makes a strange UPSSSH sound, flicking her hand in the air sharply in Gallo's direction. What does that mean? Gallo cries out, tired of being ignored. Everyone just snickers in response, which normally would cause Gallo to whine and annoy them all into submission, but he can't do that because the moment he considers doing so, there's a body leaning against his and Gallo's burning soul flickers in his chest. Are they bullying you? He doesn't know when Lyo made his way over, but Lyo's low, amused voice thrums through the arm he is now leaning against and all through Gallo's nerves, up to his head. He swears he can feel his hair stand on end. It's weird. They won't tell me what they're talking about even though I'm pretty sure it has to do with me. Lyo's head leans against Gallo's shoulder as he studies the other members of Burning Rescue. Lucia makes the noise again, this time flicking her hand in Lyo's direction. A pretty pink blush covers the bridge of his nose. Oh. He clears his throat. At least both of you aren't idiots, Aina sighs. Gallo is a bit too distracted watching the flush overtake the freckles on Lyo's face to notice the exasperated glare she throws in his direction. Lyo notices Gallo staring and the flush deepens, but one side of his mouth quirks up in amusement. Are you all right there? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Just, ah. Uh. Lyo laughs again. Gallo feels his own face grow red as cold fingers wrap around his hand, squeezing lightly. I'm going to join Maze and Guerra on a visit to some old friends tonight. Don't worry about driving me home. Okay. Gallo tries very hard not to look at the hand around his. Something about the exchange feels very... Well. Gallo doesn't have the words for it, but his heart seems to have a lot of opinions on it. Lyo pulls away, giving the others a casual wave. Aina and Rumi exchange looks. Lucia has ducked back under the sink. See you all tomorrow, he says. Are you wearing my shirt? Gallo blurts out. Lyo pauses just as he reaches the door. Gallo doesn't know why, but he suddenly regrets saying that out loud. He briefly considers how strange it would be if he changed the subject by trying to see how much whipped cream he can fit in his mouth. Just before he actually lunges for the refrigerator to pull out the whipped cream, Lyo glances over his shoulder, and winks. Aina and Remy lose their shit. Lyo has to confess, teasing Gallo is incredibly satisfying. Something about rendering the self-assured, borderline cocky firefighter confused and red-faced. It's fun. It's been happening more and more often, too, coinciding with the fluttering of Lyo's heart rate every time they touch. Lyo supposes he's lucky for two reasons, one, that he's not oblivious of his own feelings, and two, that Gallo is obvious enough with his own that Lyo has no reason to feel doubt. Lyo has certainly gotten bolder, bolstered by Gallo's flustered stammering. Before. He had been careful to only place himself within Gallo's proximity, letting the other man pull him close when he noticed. Not anymore. The next time Gallo joins him on the couch at home, flopping himself with little grace on the end and immediately and quite loudly demanding the remote to change the channel, you're not even watching this stupid documentary Lyo, you're just reading, Lyo decides to enjoy himself. While Gallo is distracted flipping between channels, Lyo slides further down the couch and unceremoniously shoves his cold feet under Gallo's thighs, right where his shorts end. Gah. He jumps what appears to be two feet into the air and throws a shocked look in Lyo's direction. Lyo doesn't notice, of course, as he's buried his nose in his book and is very pointedly avoiding Gallo's eyes. Dude, Gallo says, and Lyo's eyes flicker up before furrowing with even more concentration on his book. He's been reading the same sentence over and over, but Gallo doesn't need to know that. Your feet are freezing. Yes, 
Leo agrees and turns the page. That's why I moved them. Gallo splutters a bit. Leo has to bite the inside of his cheek to keep from smiling. A quick glance up reveals a red-faced Gallo glaring at the television. It's quietly adorable. Give a guy a heads up, will ya? Gallo grumbles, still pink, and lifts himself up slightly, reaching under his legs to tug Leo's feet out. Leo wants to protest, except then Gallo lifts them into his lap, and, as if he did this all the time, which he does not, Leo would know. He cups Leo's feet in his large hands and begins rubbing warmth into the toes. Leo feels his own cheeks warm. What are you doing? He manages through the lump of surprise lodged in his throat. Gallo grunts. What's it look like I'm doing? You're gonna lose your toes like this. Don't you have any warm socks? Leo doesn't answer for a moment, watching as Gallo's large hands slide up and down from heel to toe, thumbs rubbing gentle circles into the soles. Uh, not really, no. Gallo tuts and continues his ministrations. You gotta take care of yourself more, man. His attention is on the television, turned onto a baking show with soft, playful music. Instead of responding verbally, Lyo simply hums and lifts up his book once more. Thank you, he says instead. Lyo shouldn't be surprised when, the next day, there's a package of three pairs of thick, woolen socks tucked into his locker. Lyo tugs them out and stares at their stupid orange and red pattern, because there isn't a universe where Gallo understands the concept of understated. His mouth twitches. There's a rustle one locker over and he looks up to see May staring him down with a raised eyebrow. The smile drops off his face. Mays immediately throws his hands up in the air. I didn't say anything, boss. Mays, Lyo begins, a warning in his voice, but any intimidation he might have succeeded in establishing is immediately rendered moot when Gallo materializes at his side, clapping a hand to Lyo's shoulder. Lyo physically cannot stop himself from leaning into the warmth of the touch, like a flower following the sun. You found him. Gallo exclaims, pleased. He rubs the back of his head and grins at Lyo so brightly, Lyo has to squint for a moment. I didn't know what color you'd like so I got some that match the ones I have. And he literally yanks his foot up and tugs his boot off to show Lyo his matching orange and yellow socks. I, Lyo toggles between asking Gallo if he's colorblind and focusing on the whole matching socks thing. It's so fucking cute. You didn't have to do that. Thank you. Course I did. Now you won't be shoving your cold toes all over me, hey? Something about that sentence must replay oddly in Gallo's head, because a second later he turns red, grabs something from his locker, and bolts out the door, shouting a goodbye over his shoulder. Lyo stares at the door he left through. When he turns back around, Guerra is standing behind Maze, both of them watching him with the same raised eyebrow Maze had before. Shut up, Lyo hisses, slamming his locker shut. It all comes to head on a Friday, when emergencies and responsibilities are low. Burning Rescue doesn't often have time to let loose, but that isn't to say they don't like to. Not in a crazy way, they're friends, yes, but above all they're a rescue team that is almost always on duty together. They can't exactly be off clubbing or whatever it is friend groups do these days. Now that there is no risk of mad burnish flames, and yes. The irony that the very instigators of 80% of Burning Rescue's emergency calls now work and share spaces with them is not lost on Gallo. The team finds themselves more able to relax together even when on the clock. Regular fire emergencies are a piece of cake to them after all this, anyways. If Gallo is really lucky, he's able to drag Lyo, and Guerra and Maze, away from their burnish rights work and get them to take a break with the team for movie nights and the like. He succeeds only sometimes, like tonight but every time he does it becomes twice as enjoyable. 
Lucia has picked the film tonight, which means it's probably something so convoluted and full of strange CGI effects that Gallo won't be able to keep up with, but it doesn't matter too much cause he mostly likes watching his friends watch the movie, as well as throwing in commentary that makes Varys and Lucia laugh, and Dana and Remy rolls his eyes. Even Agnes joins them on these evenings, settling a few paces away, pretending he's only there for a moment and ignoring entreaties to just sit down and watch the movie. Everyone settles in on the various couches of the rec room, the smell of popcorn permeating the air and giving the space a homey, lived-in feel that Gallo loves. He sits down next to Remy on the middle of the couch and pats the space on his right, as if he needed to. Lyo was already plopping himself down gracefully in the empty space beside him. What are we watching? Lyo asks through a delicate yawn. Gallo, whose yawns sound vaguely like a building groaning under 300 mile an hour winds, doesn't know how he manages to make such a thing look so elegant. I have no idea, Gallo admits, fully honest. He wasn't paying attention to what Lucia described the movie to be. Lyo chuckles and draws himself closer to Gallo's side. He fits well there, against Gallo's waist. It fills Gallo's chest with a fluttery feeling. It's nice. Twenty minutes in and Gallo is squinting at the screen in the hopes something will make sense. He's having a hard enough time following the plot without factoring in the insane CGI. He can't even bring himself to comment on the movie cause he really has no idea what's going on. He casts a quick glance around the room. Lyo is looking at the screen but his face reveals nothing of what he's thinking, the blue-gray light of the screen dimming his warm eyes to a pale amber. It takes Gallo a moment to look away. Aina has already fallen asleep against Vary's shoulder. Maze and Guerra are whispering to each other and Remy is texting, while Lucia and Varys seem to be the only ones still watching. Well, besides Ignis, though it's hard to tell behind the sunglasses. Gallo is considering sneaking up to get more popcorn when he feels his arm being lifted up and a slight figure duck under and burrow into his chest. His hand settles on a slender waist, soft blonde hair tickles his throat. Gallo feels his heart skip a beat as he looks down at Lyo shamelessly curling into him and turning away from the screen to tuck his face into the fabric of Gallo's shirt. Oh. As Gallo watches, Lyo sighs. His body seems to melt with it, sinking into Gallo's side. Gallo can only see the top of Lyo's head and the slope of his nose from this angle, but even that looks relaxed. Cozy. A far jump from the Lyo who covered himself in pointed armor and hesitated at a fist bump. His fingers trace a wrinkle in Gallo's shirt before stopping and curling into a loose fist. Oh. Gallo's eyes jump back to the screen. He gets it now. I get it now. Gallo slams his palms onto the table Aina is sitting on. She doesn't even jump, just rolls the lollipop she's sucking on around in her mouth before popping it out and saying good what? It's the next day. Gallo slept on the thought for a long time. If sleeping on it means lying awake and staring at the ceiling wondering how the hell he missed these massive feelings throttling his heart in his chest, and now he thinks it's high time he addressed it with someone. What you all were making fun of me about. I get what you meant. Aina gives him a look as if to say which thing we were making fun of you about? You know. With Lyo. Oh. Aina draws out the O, pursing her lips. Yeah, it's about time. All of us are getting tired of the sexual tension. I'm sorry, Gallo says, a genuine apology. I didn't mean to make things weird. Both of you made it weird, Aina groans, but she's smiling in a way that makes Gallo think she doesn't actually mean it. How many times did I have to see Lyo drape himself over you while wearing your clothes before I completely lost it? Gallo laughs. Her words process. He stops laughing. Yeah, but, I mean, 
he didn't do that because of sexual tension. Aina stares at him with the air of the record scratching. Are you serious? Gallo stares back. The longer she looks at him, the more confused he becomes. His hands jump to his hair. I mean, yeah, I, like, I don't know I thought it was just a Lyo thing. He gets cold really easily. It is a Lyo thing, Aina says slowly. A Lyo likes you thing. The other ex-Burnish get cold too, and you don't see them laying all over you. Gallo considers this. His hands drop. He gawks at her. So you mean? Gallo. Aina throws her hands up in the air. You're hopeless. Holy shit, Gallo says, and takes off running. When Gallo bursts into the rec room, Lyo is sprawled in one of the chairs, one knee bent up next to him, the other leg extended carelessly. He really doesn't know how to sit like a regular person, Gallo thinks, helpless, before promptly losing any semblance of working thought when Lyo turns at the commotion, lips wrapped around a pen he seemed to have been chewing on while he thought. Oh, Gallo's brain supplies. Oh. He's wearing my jacket again. Lyo takes one look at him and lets the pen drop from his mouth. It lands into his lap. Ah, you figured it out. Yeah, Gallo says, on autopilot, then double takes. Wait, what? Lie there's a cat, Lyo drops his foot from the chair and stands, hair falling out from behind his ear as he stretches with a quiet hum. His shirt rides up. Gallo notices this, then feels incredibly stupid for caring when he's seen Lyo shirtless plenty of times before. He stares anyways. Without answering, Lyo saunters over to him, slow and measured, almost lazy. He comes to a stop far too close. Their toes are touching, and he's looking up at Gallo with far too much confidence for Gallo to handle in his current state. It took you long enough, Gallo Timos, Lyo says, before he's tugging Gallo down by the back of his head and pressing their lips together. Lyo knows what it feels like to burn. For most of his life, his body, down to his very cells, played host to millions of spontaneous combustions, destroying and regenerating him dozens of times every millisecond. He knows heat and fire more than he knows himself, but nothing he's experienced compares to the complete and utter inferno of kissing Gallo, and having Gallo kiss him back. Never mind that he's known for weeks now that his feelings are reciprocated. He didn't want to make a move until they were on the same page, until Gallo was sure of it, and the longing had built up until he felt like he could explode. It's not like their first kiss, if that even counted as a kiss, at all. For one, he's conscious for all of it. He's able to wrap his arms around Gallo's neck, pull himself up as Gallo tugs him close. He's able to move his lips against Gallo's, inhale his smoke and cinnamon scent, bury his hands in his wild, spiky hair. Gallo has to be right about his burning soul. Normal humans simply can't contain this much warmth or passion, all this heat and intensity that Gallo brings every day. Lyo couldn't help but be drawn to it, both physically and otherwise. It's a different kind of heat than a Promare. More gentle, human. Lyo can't get enough of it. Gallo physically cannot stop from kissing Lyo. He presses peck after peck to Lyo's mouth, digs a hand through Lyo's soft blonde hair, pulls the arm around Lyo's waist tighter until it feels like there isn't even air between them. He can feel Lyo smiling against him and his obvious enthusiasm, but that doesn't deter him. How did you know? Gallo mumbles against Lyo's mouth, because he's an idiot and determined to keep kissing Lyo even as he talks. He doesn't care if it's not possible, he saved the world when everyone said it was impossible, too. You can't kiss me and talk at the same time, idiot. Lyo chuckles, like he read Gallo's mind, and it wouldn't surprise Gallo if he did. He always seems to understand what Gallo is thinking without needing Gallo to explain himself. 
The idea delights Gallo, so he kisses Lyo again, because he can. Watch me, Gallo grunts. To his displeasure, Lyo pulls back, arching so Gallo can't follow. He still tries, though. How did I know what? Lyo asks. That you should kiss me. That I liked you. That I figured out that I liked you. Any of them, I don't know. Lyo passes a thumb over Gallo's jaw. His hand feels very small, cupped around Gallo's jaw the way it is, Gallo is certain but everything else about him feels larger than anything Gallo can contain in his arms. You're very transparent, you know. Everything you're thinking shows on your face. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Gallo considers this. He smirks. He opens his mouth only to have his waist pinched by an exasperated liar. Not here, you heen. You really do know what I'm thinking, Gallo says, pleased. Lyo simply rolls his eyes. It's obvious he's not actually upset though, by the way his thumbs play along the sides of Gallo's waist, soothing the pinched spot even though it hadn't actually hurt, really. Gallo likes the touch, anyways. He likes kissing Lyo more, though, so he leans down and captures Lyo's lips in his again. Lyo smiles against him. Is this what I should be expecting from you from now on? He mumbles against Gallo's mouth. Instead of responding, Gallo pulls back, breathing in the rose scent that always faintly emanates from Lyo. He's always loved that smell. Gallo is always on the move, rarely giving himself the chance to stop and smell the roses, as they say but now there's someone who keeps up with him and brings the set of roses with him. Gallo's no poet, but something about that sounds beautiful. Lyo shifts under the weight of Gallo's gaze. Why are you looking at me like that? I really like you. The words don't come, so Gallo sticks to something he knows. You make me feel warm, he says, lifting Lyo's hand to his chest to rest on the point he always motioned to when he talked about his burning soul. He hopes Lyo understands what he means. Lyo blushes and leans forward against their conjoined hands on Gallo's chest. His arms squeeze Gallo tightly, so Gallo lets him get the emotion out, resting his cheek on the top of Lyo's soft hair. Idiot, Lyo mumbles against him. Me too, 